This is Pete Moore. I want to tell you about a company that is going to change the entire recruiting in the Halo sector. The company's called Game Plan. We are GamePlan.com. What they do is they connect employer brands with D1, D2, D3 athletes across the country. They power the software that allows these employers to get in front of tens of thousands of athletes. If you watch the NCAA tournament, the hustle, grit, preparation, determination, and absolute desire to win embodies every athlete out there. Now you're gonna be able to put your brand in front of those athletes, start to get them to understand after their college career, they can get into the halo sector, go work at a studio, a health club, fitness equipment company, supplements, anything related to this industry, they can now parlay those skills and bring it into the sports and fitness industry that we are going to have the best athletes become the best employees and create the best companies. And that is the future of Halo. One, two, three, Halo. We are gameplan.com. Check it out. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing in from Wichita, Kansas, or right outside of Wichita, the legend in the religious side and in the fitness side. We're going to merge both and we're going to introduce to you Ben Ludwig. Welcome to the show. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Pete. Awesome. So, you know, as I look back at your background and you can explain it to us, you know, you've gone from, you know, fitness enthusiast, you know, working with a lot of brands that were, were growing over time, building your career up, and then also you, you're, you're a pastor. So tell us how that kind of converged. Uh, was that always the plan? Um, you know, were you doing fitness to kind of fund your religious, you know, career development? You know, tell us how that worked and tell us how these things kind of, you know, are very similar, but we don't really talk about it. Yeah. So Pete, that was not the plan at all. As a matter of fact, if you ask most people that are in ministry, that was never their original plan. Mm -hmm. And for me, fitness was always my 100% go-to. I started as a personal trainer back in the day and worked my way up just through my passion for helping people. And that's what I thought my career was going to be forever. Well, I always volunteered with the churches that I was a part of. You know, you've seen my resume. We moved around a lot, opening gyms all over Texas, that sort of thing. And when we got to the Midwest, it was no different. I got to a a larger church and realized that the, the programming of connecting people to the church wasn't quite what it needed to be. So I I met with the location pastor and said, hey, this process needs some work. I'm not here to complain. I'm here to help. Let's work on this. Let's make it better. So what we did was I basically volunteered my way into being on staff because we we ended up getting the programming going to where we had a lot better connectivity. Uh, In in the course of about a year, the church, uh, the location was at about 15 groups, and we got it up to about 50 in about a year. So with that in mind, it was, again, it was just a process. It just needed a process in place. How do people connect when they connect? What does the leader do to be able to connect with that person? And uh, so through that, I actually was able to flex and do both because around that time was the time that I ended up getting involved with F45 training as well. So it's, it's allowed me to be able to do both. So let me ask you a question. When you go into, you know, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's a, a religious organization and you kind of bring these you know, business strategies and these, you know, takeaways and tools. Do some people say like, Hey, look, like we're not in the business world, but you are actually, cause you need leads, you need memberships, right? We need to, uh, we need to fill the place up because there's a level of energy, 
you know, in a, in a synagogue or a church or, you know, any religious out, if there's 12 people in there, you know, it's not really giving me the vibe that we're, you know, spiritually praying up and, you know, are we getting the kind of um, attention that we need with 12 yeah. people or like 12, 1200. Um, yeah. So, so when you were going through that, how did you kind of take your business principles mm-hmm. and kind of infuse them into how people thought when they kind of thought like, we're not at work, Ben, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so tell us how, maybe some case studies on that or what kind of techniques you used. I love it. I love it. I'm going to give you two parallels here, Pete. So the first awesome. parallel I'm going to give you is the fitness, which well, of course all of our viewers are going to be uh, you know, comfortable with. Right. So you have trainers that are great with program design. They're really good with understanding how to be able to get results, but they're not good or they hate sales. Right. So we've got to teach them how to be able to provide solutions to problems, right? We've got to teach them how to speak to people. We've got to teach them how to be able to move people through a process and then keep them coming back. Well, on the church side of things, you know, uh, the, the the big verse that we use all the time in, in churches is, is, you know, Matthew, where it's the Great Commission, where our, our goal is to make disciples of all nations. So when I'm coming to a leader that maybe isn't as comfortable inviting people to their group or growing the church or even sharing their faith, well, if we take that Great Commission Bible verse and say, okay, what are we doing or how do you share your faith? Most people aren't comfortable sharing their faith, just like trainers aren't comfortable selling. So for someone in, in, in a faith-based setting, the goal is to be able to help give them structures and ways to be able to share their faith or ways to be able to invite people to a group. Because again, we know that on a trainer side, the goal is to get them results. And once they get into our program, they're going to get results. Well, the, 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 the program's no different when you look at a church is, again, if I pre-frame and help that leader understand that they're helping people live a better life or they're helping people become more spiritually uh, close to God, well, then our, our goals are the same. So let's help people get involved. Right. So when you think about, and you might like this word or you might not, but you know, I belong, I go to soul cycle. Okay. And I, and I wear soul cycle gear, probably like 70% of my clothing that I wear is like soul cycle, or sometimes I'll go to Dick's sporting goods. I'll just buy all the Nike stuff. Yeah. I'll tell people I'm self-sponsored by Nike and I'll keep the this receipts. <laughs> and then when they, when I do get sponsored, I'm going to back bill, them, you know, to get reimbursed for it. But soul cycle is a cult to me. Okay. And it ticks off a lot of boxes. It, it's like, I used to go to nightclubs, right? It checks off that box, you know, the energy and the music yep. that I liked. Um, it checks off the box of like going to, you know, going to, to church or going to, to a synagogue. I'm Jewish. So go to synagogue. Um, so it checked off that box for me. It also checked off like a, a socialization, like, okay, I spent an hour a day talking to people and, you know, the guy up there is kind of like my, he's like my pastor, right. Yeah. Or he's like my rabbi and he's, he's mantis and he's 20 years younger than me. Um, you know, but I'm actually listening to him as if he's going to give me some wisdom. And a lot of times he does. Um, so it's checking off all these boxes and I got my endorphins going in. And by the end of the second to last song, all these ideas are coming out. I need like a pad to be like, oh, I came up with this idea or like this acronym, like Halo or whatever. So how do you feel about the word cult? One. And two, you know, do you want to set up a cult? Are there good cults, you know, like that, that could actually like kind of encompass all the positives of what you're trying to do? So what sure. do you think about that? Because it's a, it's a, it's like a Netflix documentary, but no, no one has like this good cult documentary. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I, I think because of the natural derogatory 
you know, term of cult. I think right. people tend to put that into a bucket, you know, just because of their preconceived notions. What I would say is, you know, if, if you look at it more as a following, if you look at it more as a way of life, I mean, lifestyle brands are one of the biggest things in the fitness industry right now, right? People right. are trying to be able to create, to your point with SoulCycle, the clothing, how you look, your the fact that you're affluent, like you want to be a part of that cult or that following. Right. So I, I really think that as long as you frame it the right way for the right people, it's all about your ideal client. You've got to ensure that whatever language you're speaking is the language of the person that you're trying to draw. And that's where I think that it, it's not necessarily a derogatory term because, hey, everybody wants to be part of something. I mean, think about it, Pete. Think about how many of these big brands nowadays are connecting to nonprofits or are finding ways to give back to their communities. We teach within F45 that if you're a franchise owner, you need to be finding ways to get involved in your community and to give back because that's what people want to be a part of. They want to know sure. that you're not just here to make a profit. They want to know that you're here to make a difference. Right. You know, when you think about F45, and let's kind of go into that, you know, it started in Australia, mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of workout uh, was kind of proliferated by Orange Theory, you know, and they did a great job about it. Um, yeah. You know, F45 is using more technology, you know, that, that's allowing people to interact and maybe not have as many coaches. So there's, there's scalability to it. Um, and it's kind of turning into its own almost like neighborhood, um, you know, following. We'll use that term for the rest of the podcast. How's that? Are we good with that? Deal. Can take the other word we're going to get rid of it <laughs> just like we got rid of the word wellness like yeah that's, no yeah. one even uses it anymore just it's talking true. about the halo effect so when you think about f45 you know are there people that have f45 tattoos like gold gym so we're going in that direction like that okay. to me is like a tell right if you have a, somebody said to me the other day oh all that company has is a brand like the right it's like a commodity i'm like you know how hard it is to like have like a like a a, a symbol and people pay a premium for a symbol or for like a five letter word that means something. Yeah. That's all I have as a brand. Why don't you go try and invest and tell me how your results are in 10 years. If you don't believe brands are important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Pete. I mean, there's, that's, it's so funny that you mentioned that because, you know, we've only been in the U S for around five years and uh, we already have U S owners that have F45 tattoos. And I just saw this last year at the end of this last year, one of our Australian owners actually wrote a song about the 40, uh, the 45 day challenge as, as we used to oh, call yeah. it, awesome. posted it on social media pages. And there's, there's this, there's this, you know, to go back to the old word cult like following within F45 because of the, the brand's evolution because we're continuing to find ways not just to evolve the workouts, but also to evolve even our education on how we coach owners on how to run their business. Yeah. So I, I think we've done a good job of that. So when you think about where you entered into F45 and we were actually working with a group at one point when they were doing one of the financings okay. uh, for, for the company um, and they've had a very small team in the U S and they were talking about very lofty, expectations of what they were going to do in the U.S., which they've executed on probably with some of your help. But when you think about, you know, training and mostly it's entrepreneurs that, that buy franchises, right? right? So they're they're already wired to be like, look, I'll take a brand. Thanks. You know, let me do my thing. Right. Yeah. And like you can give me some guardrails like in a bowling alley, but yep. I might take them down when you, when you leave. You know, so how did you kind of come into this and say, all right, here's like the guiding principles and like trust the process. And what are some of the things that you did that kind of move this, the culture, move this into like a community and a following without kind of pissing people off and saying like, hey, I bought this franchise. Like, okay, I get it. You're going to give me certain things, but 
I don't want you in my grill all the time. Even though, you know, like, look, if, if I'm in your grill, you're probably gonna make more money. You're probably gonna have more members. You're probably gonna enjoy your life more. Right, right. Yep, I love it. So when I came into F45, uh, Pete, one of the things that we have all of our employees go through is new franchisee induction. So I went through induction and I noticed two glaring things. The first thing that I noticed was the workout was everything F45. That's why people love it. That's why people talk about it all the time. That's why people get great results because we put so much time and effort into the workout that it was taking over the globe, literally. Right. The other thing that was glaring to me was there wasn't business practices in place that were scalable. The sales process when I got here for a new membership was, look, just get them in the door. They're going to love the workout. They're going to sign up. I went, oh, wait a minute. That's that's not usually the case. <laughs> so right. We got we to figure out how to keep people, right? So what we did was uh, I was part of the, I'm, I'm, I still am, I'm a senior member now, but I'm part of the performance team. So every franchise has business management or business consultants that they have as part of their department. So that's, that's ours. Ours is called performance. So for us as a performance team, that's what we did. We started writing manuals as to what the sales process should be systemized as, how the retention process should be followed up, how we get members to show up. If they're not coming, what should you say on the phone? All of those things we structured for these businesses. So what that's done is that's allowed us to say, here's your playbooks. Now go do it. Just make sure and hold accountability to this. Because if you can hold accountability to this, you will scale to whatever growth opportunities you have. Let us as a performance team help you set your personal goals. So just on the uh, on the technology side, um, I, I don't know this, but is there a software you know system that everyone uses or they can choose their own? Yes. Yeah. We've got it all systemized there as well. So we've got a we've got a standard system. Is it outsourced or is it in, internal? Internal. Oh, it is interesting. Okay. So you're not working with ABC or Glowfox or Daxco or any of those groups on. Nope. Uh, well, I, again, for, for our workout programming and all of that, as far as getting that on the televisions, that's all internal. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, for our for our billing and all that, we use my body. Okay, gotcha. In the so, U.S., yeah. Right, and then from a standpoint of F45s comping their performance against other groups, are, as a performance coach, are you getting that data and saying like, hey, this is where you rank. This is you know, do you use kind of like peer peer to peer comparisons or kind of peer pressure or Hey, I never want to be in the bottom 25%, you know, so I can give myself a little kick and be like, Hey, let's get, let's get rolling here. For sure. Well, we're, we're a public company now, Pete. So obviously we have to be very careful about what data we share. And even right. on network calls, you know, our performance team, we monthly hold a call where we discuss what's next. What should you be looking at? What should you be thinking about? What should your marketing look like? So we, we, on a monthly basis, we address the entire network. So we're careful about what data we share, but absolutely. I mean, think about it. Like you're a, you're a sports guy. Man, nobody, everybody wants to be on top of the food chain, right? So if I'm in second or third place, I want to know what I need to do to make sure that I win next month, right? So mm -hmm. um, without sharing other studios data, we do use rankings relatively often. Gotcha. So the, the F45 is kind of, you know, a business model that can pretty much go, you know, in much smaller population areas than, you know, what larger health clubs do from a, from a demographic standpoint um and obviously the rents in some of these you know c or d markets nothing wrong with the letters in c and d but smaller yeah. markets um you know don't have the same overhead um yeah. so and your business model has very few employees right because exactly. of the uh, technology that you're using so you know when you look at bringing on a new franchisee i said this to somebody the other day you want to be a franchisor you better learn to say the word no like 100 times a day right because you can't somebody that has a territory that you want, so I can say not available. Um, 
You don't have the financial statement because they're not taking a risk on you. Uh, yeah. Something happened in your background check. People just didn't didn't like you. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't think you'd be a good fit. Um, but F forty five, you kind of kind of toggle between. Hey, look, if I'm if I'm in a town of like fifteen thousand people, an F forty five will work there. You know, like a thirty thousand square foot you know Gold's Gym is not going to work there because it's just not enough you know population to make the math work. So, how do you think about going into smaller towns where there there really are communities and followings and kind of saying, hey, look, let's not look at at the population density. Let's look at the operator, what their past has been. So talk about your like criteria or lens that maybe other people can't do because the business models like demands more unit economics. Yeah, you're you're so right, Pete. Our, Our OPEX is so relatively low to the industry. And I think that my background coming from opening up these big commercial gyms where we needed, you know, five to 10,000 members, right, really given me a different lens as to how easy it is to be able to connect to a niche. So that's really what we've done. I actually coach franchisees to look at those C&D markets. You know, we use a lot of third-party uh, help to be able to get data on these markets because what we're trying to be able to do is ensure that we coach people as to what they're what you know, what they should be marketing to. I, I mentioned ideal client earlier. Well, we coached that a lot using those third-party companies to help us create that for these owners. That way they know from day one who they're marketing to and who they want coming in their doors. That way they're not wasting time running through a bunch of trials that weren't their ideal client to begin with. So when you, you know, you, you talked about the programming and the importance of the programming. I've been working in the industry for like 20 plus years, I guess. No, more than that. 25 years now. Um, Gold's Gym, when I first got involved there, they used yeah. to have like the, the, the body transformation challenge, right? Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, that's the reason why most people you know, get into exercise because they want to look better. Now people want to feel better, you know, in in their internal organs. But most of the time it's like, hey, this shirt doesn't fit me anymore. I really like this shirt. I used to look good (laughs) in it. People would talk to me. Now they don't. The buttons come off. So let's like get our our act together Um, and let's motivate again. So, and then the industry started focusing on price. Then the industry started focusing on like, I got all this stuff in here, right? And and the message was lost. And at the end of the day, people want to go into these studios and they just want to get results. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the things that bothered me about soul cycle and I am part of the following. Yeah. So I didn't make a stink about it because I don't want to get blacklisted. You know, I want my bike and people <laughs> to like me. They had an opportunity every time I walked in there to say, Hey Pete, what are you looking to achieve today? Or how can I get you? How can I get you into a place or what is there an event that you're trying to get to? Like it almost like a lot of these studios, they say like, yeah, I sent out an email blast to, to all my members, you know, that's like an excuse for not talking to people, right? Yeah. So how do you how do you think about just focus on the results? And, and what's the average F45, 300 members? Yep, yep. So that's, yeah. And, and that's, that, that's really one of the ways that we're able to focus so heavily on results, Pete, is because, again, we're not trying to connect with 3,000 people, right? We're, we're at 10% of that. So if I'm working with that small group of people, then what I can do is from day one, I can make sure that that's what the conversation sounds like. I mentioned we recreated the sales process. Well, part of the sales process is discovery. We coach people not to talk about F45 until I understand your situation. That way I can present it as a solution to your problem. So once I do that, then the follow-up is so much easier because I've got all the notes that I need. I know what your goals are. We've got systems in place as to even what trial visit you're on and what you should be doing in that trial visit. 
afterwards so we can make sure that once you do sign up for a membership, we know what your goals are and we've got 30, 60, 90 day plans on when we're going to follow up to you achieving those goals. So it, it's a blend of how do we how do we use automation, but then how do we create a personal connection within that? Got it. I would like if you if you had like an illustration of that. I you know I don't know if you can see it. Uh, I got my I got my blur on. Oh, I gotta yeah. get my blur off. I gotta get my blur off for a second here. This is like a this is like the uh, the video version that we're not releasing of the podcast. But I, I can I can see like a um, it'd be like hey here, here's all the things that you're trying to do and everything leads into like oh your solution oh it's f forty five. There you go. It's like every decision tree leads down to this uh, this. But when you say that you it really does right. You want to lose weight. You want to you know, to have socialization, you want to, you know, be stronger, you want to be more flexible, like it, it really is the, the solution. Um, but leading with like, what's what, you know, when, when people come in and say, uh, I'm, I'm doing this business plan, and I'm, I'm creating this new studio, I'm creating this new product, everything's got to come from a frustration that you're solving, right? Sure. And people have frustrations. So they don't go to F45, because, you know, they've already got a home gym, like if they haven't got a home gym, it's not working for them, right? So that's why they're coming. So they got a frustration with motivation exactly. uh, or they want to meet people. So when you think about where this, where F45 could go and how you could scale it, mm. you know, obviously you got the systems in place. you got a culture, you got guys like you running around, you know, the country and, and making sure like that the messaging is, is the way it should be. Is, is there a size of a company where you say like, Hey, and it's a public company. So maybe we don't talk about it, but you know, Sometimes people lose that 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 unique DNA yep. when you kind of grow. But there's a, there's plenty of case studies where you know there's, there's thousands of Dunkin' Donuts and you know the product consistency there and they they control it. Um, in the health club industry, once you get to like a thousand locations, you know mm -hmm. it's not really it's not managed the same way because yep. it's it's decentralized. So maybe talk about without kind of triggering any public company stuff. Um, you know, how you guys think about growth, yeah. you know, and it's like, the, the, I used to work on wall street, I guess I still do. Um, people think growth is like the best thing you can do. And then they realize that I outgrew my, or I outkicked my coverage in yeah. football. Right. It's like, you don't want, you want this company to put up 300 franchises every quarter. You actually don't. Okay. Let them grow, let them create value. And then don't overprice the stock in targets. Exactly. that then translate into irrational decisions where you, where you might say yes, because like some guy on in wall street on the 40th floor, who's like 32 years old said, Oh, F45 should be able to put up this many franchises this quarter. I'm like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, we can cut this out if we need to, or we'll just replay it on YouTube. <laughs> but like, how do you think about without giving up, you know, like what goes on internally, how do you, how much comfort do you feel in like how fast a company could grow where you could kind of hold on to it? Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I would say, Pete, we we're in a position now to where we have so much of the spotlight when it comes to the fitness industry that we, we have a lot of private equity groups that are coming in and, and wanting to open up hundreds of these things. We have right. a lot of successful owners that have a plan to open 50 more. So scaling is one of the main topics for us as a performance team right now. That's right. what we're talking about a lot. And what I would say is, in, in my opinion, you know, if there was an easy button or just an unlock for how to be able to create culture, 
man, right. we'd all be billionaires, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but, but right now, how do we how do we scale that process to make sure that you have those right people? Well, uh, we coach. I mean, even in induction. So I, I told you my experience of of going to induction a few years back. I actually teach induction now, and part of what I teach is is culture. Part of what I teach is how to interview properly. You know, how do you look for person a person's values as opposed to just their resume and their experience? Because to your point, Pete, you've got to find people that truly care about making a difference in other people's lives. And when you find those people, then our system makes total sense because that person that wants to help people isn't making phone calls because they, 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 they just want to, they're making phone calls because they want to be able to help somebody. So I I think the, the only, the only balance we have to find, which I think can be hard is we talked about the brand awareness that we have people with tattoos, people writing songs about our challenge. Well, we've got, we've got to kind of pull the reins back on that with some of our studio level staff and coach them on, Hey, I'm glad you're excited about the product, but don't project your excitement onto the client. They don't care how cool your workout is. They want to lose 20 pounds. They want to care about themselves. They want to play with their kids at the park without their knees hurting. So we have to remind people of that and coach them on how to do that. So, so last question here, since you, since you are, you know, a pastor and you've got a community and 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 your religious followings and, you know, teaching people to trust their, their, their instincts and, you know, do the right thing all the time and, you know, judgments and, and, and community and family and, and the importance and, and prioritizing those things. we got an obesity issue in this country, you know, yeah. and, and there's some like fast casual restaurants that are making the booths bigger to accommodate people. Like that is unacceptable to me. You know, mm-hmm. they're serving sizes that confuse people, right? Yeah. The peanut butter M&Ms had to say sharing size. I don't share that with anyone. Okay. I just eat more M&Ms, right? I'm not, I'm in the airport by myself. Who am I going to share this with? And they know that, right? So is there a way for the religious organizations to basically say, Hey, look, I'm your spiritual, I'm your mind, but like, I'm also part of your body. So we're going to start bringing this community into an F45. We're going to have a, you know, we're going to do a a pastor. um, We're going to do a a sermon with, with Ben. And then we're going to go to F45 and then we're going to go to lunch. Like, is that happening or when is it going to happen? We're, we're evolving towards that, Pete. I think that it's a, a all around wellness to use the old word. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that people, that people are Circa 2017. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but look, I mean, spiritual, spiritual well-being is just as important as, as physical well-being to a lot of people nowadays. So right. what I'm seeing and even what we're doing, you know, so for example, we just, we're, we're putting out a, a summer calendar for our network of churches that I work with. And what we're doing is we're encouraging families to get together in physical settings. So we're going to have days at the park. We're going to have days at a splash park to where we're getting people outdoors, active, doing things like that. And what I would say is, in order for us to be able to really help people in both sides, and this is where I say the parallels tend to happen a lot, is those that are spiritually healthy know that they should take care of themselves physically. Because if God calls me to, to go to another country and be a missionary, how am I going to do that if I can't even walk up a flight of stairs? And then the that's opposite. A great, that's a great way to express it to someone, that you yeah. can't do the things with your mind if you can't, your body can't take you there. Exactly. That's, that's great. I yeah. never really thought about it that way. So in closing here, you got a good quote. Um, I'm sure you have thousands, um, but uh, you know, what, what's, what's some of your favorite ones or like something that kind of guided you, you know, into this position here where you're kind of, you're kind of the Olympian hybrid. You know, <laughs> between yeah. I think, 
Well, one, of the, one of the mottos that I live by, Pete, and, and what I believe created success for me in my, in my fitness career, and, and now even when it comes to, to spirituality or the, or the churches that I work with, is the fact that you always, ha- you always have the opportunity to influence people. Every moment that you spend with someone is an opportunity to influence them. And that's going to be for the positive or for the negative. As human beings, we naturally either progress or regress. We don't really mm-hmm. stay the same. Think about it from a simply scientific standpoint. How many people eat exactly the amount of calories that they burn every single day? They don't. So you're either progressing towards your goals or you're regressing. So for me, that's where a lot of the coaching in my career came into play is I I, I tried to never waste a moment that I spent with an employee. A a, a moment that I spent with them was an opportunity to influence them for the better. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I look forward to meeting you in person. Uh, We'll get a workout in, do a little prayer together. We'll go and like get all these people and like, teach them how to run a, a business that's successful. And I think people really need to understand, you know, take a time out, fix your business, understand all the different levers that Ben's talking about. A business doesn't, you know, become miraculously better because of a marketing campaign. It's like, you got to get employees. You got to give them, you know, responsibility. You got to put systems in place. You got to train them. You got to look them in the eye and you got to, you got to coach them up. So, all right, man, thanks for uh, coming on. Glad you reached out. Uh, Oh, we're fast friends. So if we can be helpful, let us know. And uh, that's awesome. All right, bud. Sounds great. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon.